Welcome to the Dew of Heaven service with Reverend Brian Krumah. Reverend Brian Krumah brings you powerful and practical teachings of the Word of God, which is able to save your soul. Reverend Bright currently pastors the Bronx North Branch of the Kodesh Family Church in New York City, a church full of love, joy, and enthusiasm for the Lord. We pray that this message brings hope and light to your life. Listen and be blessed. Do for your spirit in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Why don't you clap your hands together for Jesus and please be seated. Wonderful. Well, this afternoon, since we uh, we just passed through the Holy Week and went through the sufferings and the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, and they are still fresh on our minds, I think it is also an appropriate time to remind ourselves of the main purpose of the church. Amen. Amen. And the main purpose of a Christian. Amen. So this afternoon, I want to share with you why every Christian must be a soul winner. Amen. Why every Christian. You are not excited. <laughs> why every Christian must be a soul winner. Is it a good topic? You see, every now and then, we must remind ourselves the purpose, our purpose as Christians, we must remind ourselves why Jesus Christ came to us. Amen. You see, because... um, Anytime, you know, you are dealing with humans, whenever you are dealing with humans, they always need reorientation. Do you understand? The human being is a very complex creature. And so many things, so many things go into keeping a human being going or in order. So many things come into play. You see, when... We, um, when we said we were going to have our Easter convention and it wasn't going to be in our church and we were looking for a place, there are several other things that we had to take into consideration. Do you see? We just did not need just a hall where we can just be there with our pulpit and the pastor and we are flowing. Do you understand? There were so many other things that we needed to take into consideration. We needed a place where there can be a section for our children because we have children. And as we are coming, they are coming. We needed a place, not just a hall, but we needed a place where there is also, for instance, a restroom. There's a, a bathroom for men and for women. You see, because human beings, they have all other things. Do you understand? You can't just bring them and not looking at certain things. Do you understand? There is just humanness about us that needs to be taken care of all the time. So when you have anything to do, you have anything that you want done, and it involves human beings, 
you are going to have to remind them every now and then what actually you want done. You have to rearrange them. Otherwise, their humanness always takes over. Do you understand? Otherwise, the main thing that you are trying to do can be overshadowed by the humanness of man. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? You don't understand what I'm telling you. What I mean, for instance, you know, if you, if you have a hospital, I can always talk to you about hospitals. <laughs> Amen. Do you see? If you have a hospital, for instance, you know, you build a hospital, the people that have built a hospital, they have a vision, they have a mission. They want to heal people. Do you understand? And so they call people who can help them do that. The place is for sick people, and they call people who can do that, deliver health care. Do you understand? But for these people that you have employed to work, they are humans. They are human beings. And so you realize that in the hospital, now they have to now build a lounge. Do you understand? They have to build a lounge for the people that are going to work there. You can't just bring them and say, heal people and go home, and then I'll pay you. But you have to also take care of their humanness, their human needs. So you have to build a lounge, and in the lounge, even they put a television. Did you employ these people to come and watch television? No. But there's this humanness that needs to be taken care of. So they have a television. They have break time. Lunch break. They have restroom. They have weary time. That you have time for yourself. You can be yourself in any place. Do you understand? They have time even for some people to go and smoke cigarettes. This humanness. Do you understand? And if you, the employer, you are not careful and assign time for all these and restrict them, you realize that human beings, they will just fall into, now now we come and we sit at the lounge and we, they, they forget what they are here for. And they are just relaxing at the lounge and watching TV. And then it's, we, my time is up. The sick people are still waiting. I have to go. Do you understand? All you have to say, you have only one hour to be here. You have only 45 minutes to be, because if you don't and you allow them to be themselves, oh, they will come and all the eight hours they can relax in the lounge and just eat and be happy. If you are not, you see, you have built a hospital to employ them to heal. By the time you realize, they have decorated the place with balloons and all kinds of things. Somebody's birthday. They are celebrating. They are having a party in the hospital. Do you understand? And if you are not careful, this becomes their focus. Amen. It becomes their focus. You know, some companies even have gym in the company. They have a gym in the, ins- in the company. You don't know about that. And as they are employing you to become a banker, there is a gym. But you, if you don't rearrange them every now and then, they think that they are coming here, they come with their sneakers and their spouse, and that's what they are here for. They can spend the whole day in a gym if you don't restrict them. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? 
So our humanness, sometimes it overtakes us. And we lose focus on the main reason for which we are called. Do you understand? Sometimes you go to the motor vehicle and you take a number and you are waiting. So as you are waiting, they have arranged chairs and you are relaxed and they put TV. And you can watch the TV. You know, some people can get into their humanness and be watching the TV and they are calling number 547. 547. And then he's watching the TV and 547. 547. And he's just holding number 547. He's just relaxed. Just watching the TV. He says, hey. 547. You have forgotten the reason why you are in the place. Do you understand? And these things can also happen in the church. It can also happen with us also. Where our humanness can overshadow the main reason why we are here. Our humanness now can focus on our outdooring, you know, our naming ceremonies, you know, our weddings. Do you understand? And they become the main thing. Are you with me? It can become the main thing that can be the, even the main reason why somebody can say, I don't come to the church anymore. Because one of my humanness was not satisfied. It was my birthday and I didn't um, feel the people like... Um, are you with me? Yeah, so we can also lose our, 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 our focus. On Mother's Day and Father's Day and breaking bread and we are sharing and you know these things funerals you know these things can overshadow the main look at Acts chapter 6 Acts chapter 6 Acts chapter 6 and verse 1 are you with me yeah Acts chapter 6 and verse 1 he says, and in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplied, you see, that is become, that is become, don't we want the disciples to multiply? Don't we want the church to be large? Yeah. So these are times also where we lose our humanness. I mean, we lose our focus because of our humanness. He says, and in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews. You know, so now that the church, you see, because there were few, there were one Greek, one Hebrew, one Nigerian, one Togolese, one Angolian, one American. It was okay. Do you understand? It was okay, but as the church was multiplied, as a church, now there were more Grecians, more people from Greece, and then more people from Togo. Do you understand? And now, now, even in that, also, there are more people from one tribe. You see, these are the things that spoil churches. When you begin to now gather tribes together, that we are the Ewes, you know, we are the Gans. You know, and then you try to now form a group. I dislike that. 
And when I notice that, I notice that Satan has entered the church. He's trying to spoil the church. Whenever I see and any person that has a spirit to gather tribes together, you are not anointed. You are not anointed. There is no anointing. Satan is in you. Satan has entered you. I'm telling you, that is one key that when the enemy comes and divides the house against itself, it's very easy to break. One day, I saw a group in the church and I realized that ah, every time this group, this group, I call them and I say, hey, hey, you know, I say, pastor, as I am here, I don't tolerate that. I don't tolerate that. That you gather and you are eating your kind of food, you are speaking your kind of language, and you are doing this. I dislike that. When I see that, I dislike it. I, when I see that, I realize Satan has entered into the church. So whenever the church is increasing, you see that groups begin to now gather themselves together. Do you understand? Small groups. So he says, now that the church was multiplied, more disciples, more followers, more Christians, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews. Because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Do you see, the main reason for the church is now being lost. The focus is being lost. And now they are talking about we the widows, who are the Greeks, we are not taking care of because our husbands are no longer in the church. And, you know, my husband was a deacon. When my husband was a deacon, there was nothing that I could not get in the church. And me too. Since I lost my husband, this is, and then me too. So they were getting together. You know, widows, group, widow tribes, tribal widows. Do you understand? So now they identify, ah, you are a widow. Come, 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 come. Join us. You were, we are the widow class. You see, now you see, it is easy to gravitate towards a group like that. Because you see, you, you, you feel, you, you, you feel, let, let me show you. You feel the, your humanness attraction, but that is never of God. Whenever the humanness rises up above the spirit, it's never of God. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Linda, do you understand the word of God? Whenever the humanness comes in and it overshadows the spirit, it's not of God. So you see, they lose the focus of their spirit. They lose the, the spirit of the church. And they say, now, we, our needs, we as widows, we are being neglected in the daily ministration. When they bring the milk for babies, we, they don't give us some. Do you understand? Because we are, our, we are widows. Amen. So you see, the humanness factor. So then, the twelve called the multitude of the disciples. Now the leaders, they called the multitude, they called all the church together. They called the multitudes of the disciples unto them and said, it is not reason. Say, it is not reason. Say, it is not reason. They said, it is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. So now the pastors realize that ah, 
after church as a pastor when you are supposed to gather the shepherds and teach them and make disciples make them pastors now you realize that now you are sharing table you have to go and be sharing table we are having a baby shower we need a pastor where we are having a somebody's baby's um birthday or baby dedication they are breaking we need a pastor somebody's birthday we uh, we're having a party where's the pastor you see are you with me so they want they want the pastors now to serve tables so the pastors get together and say it is no reason it is no reason it doesn't make sense that we should leave the word of God and set tables. Amen. So they decided now to appoint this, separate this from the work of God. Separate it. Let it not be a main thing. So our humanness, it is always a thing that can rise up. Robert, do you understand the word of God? Yeah. Can always rise up. And overshadow the real work of God. Amen. Amen. So, every now and then we need to reorient ourselves and wake up and say why are we here? Why did Christ come? Why did Jesus come? Is it because of our weddings? Did Jesus die so we can find, you know, there some of you, you'll be amazed that, you know, you'll never get married before and Jesus will come. I know you have targeted a woman, you want to marry this woman. You will not, you will be, you will be amazed. Jesus will come before your wedding. <laughs> Amen. He can come any day. Do you understand? So if you want to marry, marry quickly. Amen. So reason why, this is just my introduction to you, but the reason why Every Christian must be a soul winner. Number one. Number one. Jesus declared soul winning as the purpose, the purpose for his coming to the world. Number one. Jesus declared soul winning as the purpose or the main purpose for his coming to the world. Jesus declared soul winning as the purpose for his coming to the world. I want us to read a scripture in Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19 and verse 1. Luke chapter 19 and verse 1. It says, And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans. And he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of stature. Amen. You see, there are some people that feel that serving God is for poor people. You know, but the Bible says this man, he was rich. He says he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was. So whether you are rich or poor, small or great, everyone needs Jesus. To seek Jesus 
and find out who he is. Amen. Everyone needs Jesus. Whether you are rich or you are poor. Amen. It doesn't matter what you are doing. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how rich you are or how rich you will become or how rich you have become. You must seek Jesus. Who he is. You must seek Jesus and find out who he is. Amen. You know, there are some people, they think that um, they have certain jobs and they make certain amount of money so they don't need God. There are some people, they will be coming to church and coming to church and coming to church until they find a job. When they find a job, then they feel they don't need God anymore. Are you with me? But this man, the Bible says that he was rich. But he came to seek Jesus, who he was. You know, riches and wealth is never a reason to stop you from seeking Jesus. Having a good job should never be a reason to stop you from seeking Jesus. Hallelujah. Zacchaeus was rich, but he came to seek Jesus. Next verse, he says, and he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was pass that he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. Amen. Amen. Jesus said, today I must abide at thy house. Zacchaeus, come down. I have time for you. I am making time for you. So come down now. Amen. Amen. Then he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured. Are you with me? Cecilia, do you understand the word of God? He said, and when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was going to be a guest with a man that is a sinner. These are the church members who are following Christ. He says, when they saw it, they murmured. These are people who are following because they didn't understand how Jesus can say, I have time for you. A sinner. They didn't understand. And not only that, and he was ready to leave all of them who are following him to leave the crowd. You know, if you, you say that, that he couldn't see Jesus because of the crowd. He couldn't. That means there was a large crowd around Jesus and he couldn't get to Jesus. So he had to climb up a tree. I think you should give me a little volume because I find hallelujah he had to climb a tree because he couldn't see Jesus and not only did they I mean they were surprised that he he said I have time for you and that I will be at your house I will abide at your house that means I'm leaving this crowd that is following me and I'm coming to you they were very surprised 
And so they were murmuring. You know, murmuring is complaining undertones. Do you understand? They are complaining undertones. They are talking among themselves and complaining. Ah, we have been with you since you left this place. And we have been following you. You just met this guy. And he's even a sinner. And then you have dropped everything and you are following him. As if we are nothing. Obviously, they didn't understand Jesus. And so they were murmuring. They were complaining. They were with him, but they didn't understand him. Are you with me? The Bible says they murmured. So obviously, they didn't understand why he was doing that. They didn't understand why Jesus would leave all of them and go and be with this sinner that he just met. Amen. So he says, And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore unto him fourfold. Amen. Wow. I restore unto him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, this day is salvation come to this house for as much as he also is a son of Abraham. Hallelujah. And verse 10 is the verse that I want us to look at. He says, for the son of man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. For the son of man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Hallelujah. So here Jesus was making it clear to everyone that the reason why he left his crown in heaven, the reason why he left the throne above, the reason why he left the glory of heaven to come to be with man was that the son of man can come to seek and to save that which was lost. Amen. Amen. Now when you are following someone and the person declares to you his purpose for calling you to follow him, then that must now become the main reason to you and that must make you drop every other reason that you have for following him, every other reason that you had to come to follow him, every other aim that you had before you came to follow him. Now, if you find out that this is reason, that must also be your reason. And you must understand that the best purpose, the best purpose to have, the best purpose to have to follow anyone is the purpose for which the person called you to follow him. Or the purpose which the person himself declares to you. Hallelujah. And it doesn't matter what anyone else says. It doesn't matter what anyone else told you to come and follow this person with. It doesn't matter what anyone else invited you to come. Are you with me? 
So someone may have invited you to say, come to this place because there are many young men and you'll find a good husband. Or come to this place because there are many young women and you'll find a good wife. It doesn't matter what reason someone gave you to come. When you come and the person that is there declares to you the reason why I have this place, not for marriage, not for funerals, not for baby dedication, not for weddings, but this is the reason that must drop all other reasons with which you came and you must take on this person's reason if you intend to follow him. Amen. Amen. Are you with me? Because this is the reason why you can find, for instance, at the workplace, that there are some people that seem to do a lot of right things, do a lot of great things, but they never seem to get promotion. Because they don't flow with the mission or the vision of the person who employed them. You know, I know someone who works at a place and this person is always early. The person comes very early to work. Do you understand? But the reason for the person being there early is not because of the mission or the vision of the employer. But it's to come and rearrange the schedule so that she would do little things work change the schedule and fight the schedule fight the assignment change the assignment so that so that is the so you you find this person very dedicated always coming early to work always coming early but the mission the the vision is not the mission or the vision for which i employed you and for that reason this person never gets promotion Or you can do a lot of great things at the place. Do you understand? They have hired you to come and give medicine to sick people. Do you understand? But when you come to work, you are wiping the computers, you are cleaning the place, you are arranging, doing all kinds of things. You know, going to the patient's room and organizing their, their bedside table and cleaning the whole place and their medicine is sitting in the medication box and waiting to be delivered and if that is the work that you are doing you have lost the mission and the vision of the person who hired you and for that you will never be employed you will never be promoted because you are not fulfilling the mission of the person who employed you Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? So here we can see so many people who are following Christ. There are so many people who call themselves followers of Jesus. What do we call followers of Jesus? Christians. They were following Christ. Followers of Jesus, Christians, but who don't seem to know the purpose for which he came. And so verse 7, you see the verse 7, go back to verse 7. You see, verse 7, he says, And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying, Look, he has gone to be with the guest, a man that is a sinner. A man that is a sinner. But Jesus said, The Son of Man, he came to seek and to save 
that which was lost. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. So it was not surprising at all when he found this man who is lost. It was not surprising among the crowds, among all the Christians that are following him. It was not surprised when he found this man and says, Today I will abide in your house because I have found one of the reasons for which I left everything to come. It was not surprising at all for him to say, today I will abide in your house. Because as he was going, he was just walking around looking for one, at least one of the reasons for which he came. And he found this lost soul. So he said, I can, when I found one like that, when there's one like that, when I hear of one like that, I can live 99. You see, you will not understand, except you understand the reason for which the Son of Man came to this earth. He said, I will leave the 99 who don't, who are not lost, who are, because I don't need to find them. But if there is one there that is lost, I am leaving everything and I'm going to find that lost one. So yesterday, for instance, when the evangelism team found one lost soul, what an excitement. One lost soul that gave his life to Christ. What an excitement. What an excitement. Amen. So Christians who don't have time for this activity, Christians who don't seem to have time for this activity, obviously do not understand the reason why they are following Christ. They don't understand the reason why the Son of Man came. They don't have time for this activity. They say, why has he gone to be with this sinner? Why? Why? They don't understand that this is the reason for which he came. They don't understand. So they were murmuring. They were discussing among themselves. Amen. Amen. They were murmuring among themselves. Complaining. That is why we have Christians also in the church. When we announce that we are going to such and such a place. To seek and to save that which is lost, they also murmur. Eh, this summer too, we are coming to a place. This is summer. Eh, let's, uh, we cannot have one summer. Memorying under toes, but maybe we cannot have uh, every summer. Our Saturdays, they want to take our Saturdays. Uh, the church uh, is a witness about the church. We have life too. You see, we also have life. Eh? We have laundry to do. We have shopping. We have to go to... What's the market again? Hans Point Market. We have to go and buy fish. We have to go and buy this. We have to go and... Because by the time they finish the evangelism, the market is closed. Uh, what is all of this? <laughs> Can we, uh, maybe if they will do it, the next they do it. Maybe 30 minutes and the next is finished. Memory because they don't understand the reason why they are following this person. So they say, why has he left us? They were memorizing. They couldn't tell. What? You see, nobody will come when we say we are having evangelism. No. Hey, reverend. This Saturday too. You see, nobody will, but memorine, memorine. Memorine. 
Jesus said, for the son of man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. To seek and to save that which was lost. So the activities involve seeking and saving. You have to seek and save. It involves seeking and saving. Hallelujah. You have to go where the sinners are. You have to find them where they are. Hallelujah. They will not come to your living room. They will not come to the temple. You have to go and seek and find them. He said, this is why the son of man came. So if you are following the son of man, then your goal, your aim, your vision, your mission must be to seek and to save that which was lost. Because that is the reason why the son of man came. That is the reason. And if you can follow this reason, if you can fulfill his main mission for which, listen, to leave your crown in heaven, to leave your glory in heaven, for God to give his only begotten son to suffer. If you also make it your aim, I will do what you left your crown in heaven for this earth, and I will do that. That is why it's not surprising to say that, and lo, I will be with you always. I will be with you. I will be with you. It is one sure thing, one guarantee that any moment that you have gone to seek and to save, you will know for sure that God is with you. I think it is the best time. Listen, listen, listen. It is the best time whenever you are going for evangelism to ask the devil for something. As you are going. It is the best time because you can be assured that he is with you. According to his word. You can have the assurance that the Lord is with you and what you ask him, he is hearing you. Hallelujah. So if you have any project, if you have any interview that is coming up, you have something that you need the Lord to make intervention, go for evangelism. And have that assurance. Because this is the reason why the Son of Man came. And if you are going, he says, I'll be with you. I am with you. Always, I am with you. Hallelujah. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Now verse, you see, the activity, as I'm sharing with you, involves what? Seeking and saving. Seeking and saving. So you have to go where they are. You have to go where the sinner is. Do you understand? And the Bible says, and he ran before. You see, if you go to verse, verse 4. Verse 4. Look at verse 4. You see? Because you have to walk past certain places before you can see the sinners. You cannot stay at um, Tracy Towers in your apartment 14 kill and expect the sinners to be saved. Do you understand? It says, and he ran before and climbed up onto a sycamore tree to see him. For he was to pass that way. Jesus had to pass that way. Jesus had to pass that way to see the sinner. Jesus had to pass a certain way. You must pass a certain way. You must go to a certain place before you can see the sinners. 
Amen. Obviously, the sinners are not on yet in the gate at the parking lot. And most of they are not here. Except, of course, you brought one. But you must have gone to seek, even to bring. He said, he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. For he was to pass that way. So if you can't get out of your bed and take a train and drive or drive to a certain place and start passing certain way, that way, pass that way, you cannot find a sinner. You have to seek and save that which is lost. Teresa, isn't that the way the word of God is saying? Yes. That is what the word of God is saying. We must seek and save. He, for he was to pass that way. Jesus had to pass that way. Hallelujah. Jesus had to pass that way. So if the church decides that this Saturday we are gathering together to pass that way, that way where sinners go to do shopping, that way where sinners take the train, that way where sinners go and perform the activities, you must also decide that I am passing that way. I am passing that way. Where the sinners are. To seek and to save that which was lost. Are you with me? To seek and to save that which was lost. Hallelujah. Now I want to show you. That. Zacchaeus. Deliverance. And his salvation. Involve certain obstacles. Do you understand? It involves certain obstacles. There were internal obstacles and external obstacles. You see. Now, everyone's salvation will have internal obstacles and external obstacles. Now, Zacchaeus' internal obstacles, you see, it was him drawing nigh to God. Drawing nigh to God. James 4, 8. He says, draw nigh to God and he will do what? Draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. So Zacchaeus drew nigh to God and God also drew nigh unto him. Hallelujah. God also drew nigh unto him. So his obstacles involve drawing near. There are some people who don't draw near to God. And when you are going on evangelism, you have to pray that God will touch people's hearts to draw near to him. That people will draw near to God. Then the other obstacle is humility. The other obstacle is humility. James 4.10 says, Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. If you humble yourself, the Bible says Zacchaeus was a rich man, a rich man, but he was willing to climb a tree. How many rich men will climb a tree just to receive Jesus? Except that there's humility in him. Are you with me? 
So sometimes you go on evangelism and then you are trying to give track to people and then they look at you as you are nothing. You are trying to even stop to talk to someone and they are so proud and so pompous. I said the other day we went on evangelism and someone made a comment and I felt like right there, go on my knees and pray for this person. A comment that I cannot utter with my mouth. Are you with me? Such blasphemous comments. And some of us, we, 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 we even blaspheme in our hearts. So, it, it requires humility to receive Christ. So, we have to pray for people to have humility. To pray that people will have humility to receive Christ. Amen. And the third thing that was standing in his way as an internal obstacle was his personal conviction and true repentance. His personal conviction and true repentance. And Luke chapter 19 verse 8, he says, And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. Amen. So this is true repentance. True repentance is when we make a U-turn from what we were doing before. Are you with me? From what we were doing before. Some of us said we have given our life to Christ, but we are still doing the same things. We have received Christ, we are born again, but we are still involved in the same sin. So there's no true repentance. You still smoke your marijuana, you still smoke your cigarettes, you still drink your alcohol. You say, what is the new thing that they're smoking now? Hookah. I don't know, these days has gone down a little bit, I'm not sure. It has killed a lot of people now. You still smoke hookah. Or you have even advanced because you are just cigarettes. Now you have advanced since you gave your life to Christ. You're still sleeping with boys. You're still sleeping with girls. You're still stealing. You're still lying. You still are in your sins. That's not true repentance. But there must be a, 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 a what we call that? A U-turn. Are you with me? So Zacchaeus had a true repentance. He was willing to let go of all the money that he has falsely acquired. Amen. Amen. Some of you have given your life to Christ, but you still work at a bar as a bartender. You're still working at um... a... <laughs> Amen. Seven people with alcohol. And then on Sunday morning, you say you are too tired because the night was too busy. You can't come to church. Some of you, you have, you have given up, you have given your life to Christ, but when you have your weddings and you have your parties, there's alcohol all over the place. You play certain music, the pastor is there, the pastor feels uncomfortable. The pastor feels that he has entered hell, like you are in hell. The pastor... Are you with me? Some of you have given up, you are giving your life to Christ, but the kind of music that you listen to and, and dance to 
it's, it's, there's nothing Christian about that. Amen. Look, don't say that songs are songs because the Bible commands us the kind of songs we should sing also. Are you with me? Yeah. And the Bible says faith cometh by hearing. Anything that is entering into your way, into your mind and in your heart, it pollutes you. So don't take anything as, oh, it's just a song. I just like it. Are you with me? Some of you, the, if you have a party, the person that, even when we see the person who is coming to play music for you, and we look at the person, we, we are shaking. Hey! Who is this? The way the person has just come with his things and he's moving around and he's setting up his things, when we look at him, we say, this is not going to be easy for us today. We know it's not going to be easy for us. Just looking at the person, we can tell this is not going to be easy. And you have gone to pay this person so much money to come and blast us with hell. As we are sitting there, we feel like fire is around our heads. We have, today we have really come really into the place. You want us to feel it. Or sometimes I'm not sure if your goal is to drive us out or something. Amen. The other day we went to somebody's wedding and then as soon as somebody came to check to see the pastor's car has taken off and said, DJ, let it roll. Let it roll. Hey. And then certain bottles are coming from under the tables. But Zacchaeus had pure repentance. Pure repentance. He said, done with all these kinds of music. Done with all kinds of drinks. Done with all kinds of relationships. Done with all kinds of lying and filthy things. He was done with them. True repentance. Amen. Now quickly, let me just give you this few external obstacles. The external obstacles. So, the things that stood in the way of Zacchaeus' salvation are the followers of Christ. The followers of Christ. The crowd. The crowd that was around Jesus. The followers, the Christians, the many Christians who prevent the sinner from hearing the words of Jesus. The many Christians who have the word but they will not share with somebody. The many Christians who know about salvation, but they will not share with another person. So these people were surrounding the word. They have the word. The word was in their midst, but the man could not reach the word. The man has to overcome the obstacle, the external obstacle to climb up the tree. Amen. But you need to deliver yourself from being an obstacle. Hallelujah. So this is those who don't know what the master's mission is. They don't know what the master's mission is. Amen. So these are the people who are external obstacles to salvation. External obstacles to salvation. They will not understand why as an Ashanti man I should, I should visit an away person. 
They don't understand. So they say, why has he gone to be with this person? Why has he gone? They will not visit one which is not of their own. So the, the external factors are the ones that are also preventing visitation. They don't go on visitation because you are not like us. They don't go and sit and dine with another person who doesn't speak their language. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? Now, we must take this seriously because it affects you as a Christian. Whether you like it or not, it matters to you. It must matter to you. Ezekiel chapter 33, let's read the last scripture and then we can close. You don't like my message. You better like it. Amen. So don't, if, don't visit. Jesus went to be with him because he was lost. Jesus had time for him. He says, I must, I, I will abide. Today I'm just Obaye here in your house. Here, we are here. Your house. What is your house? Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. Let's say it in Ewe. What is your house in Ewe? Akpeme. So I am abiding in your house today is what? Please, I need a real... In Ewe. Egbe must fall in your house. Yes. How do you say it in Patwa? In in Patwa? Is anyone? Me go stay in your house. Today we come turning on your house. Yes. Say it again. Today we come turning on your house. That's it. How we say it in Yoruba. Mawasili Eleni. That's it. Mawasi Elini. And then as you give us the gap properly. Gap properly. Today, 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 do we have someone who can say it nicely in Fanti? You don't, we, we, ah, Cecilia, please. And your business will feel. Sit. And your business it's like today is a wawuzi in your house. That means today we have come. Jesus says today I will be zizi in your house. I am abiding in your house. Today in your house. You see, he had time. He had time. What would Americans say? Tell us. Today we'll be in your house. Today we'll be in your house. Today we'll be in your house. Today we're gonna be in your house today. Today we just gonna relax in your house. Today is the day. Today we just gonna just chill in your house. And we gotta say it with some kind of attitude. <laughs> Since we have found you today, we're gonna just chill in your house. If there is any if there is a sinner in the house, we're gonna just chill in the house. We are biting. We are not going anywhere. <laughs>
once we have found one sinner we are coming to your house that is why i as a pastor i desire to visit you i want to visit you amen i want to visit you but the obstacles the external factors they will not because they don't understand why hallelujah so ezekiel chapter 33 verse 8 ezekiel chapter 33 and verse 8 it must matter to you he says this is god he said when i say unto the wicked oh wicked man thou shalt surely die if thou does not speak to warn the wicked from his way now who is supposed to speak to warn the wicked from his way christians who know the word of god hallelujah who know the word of god christians who know the word of god amen he said today today if you hear he said when i say unto the wicked oh wicked man thou shalt surely die if thou dost not speak to warn the wicked from his way that the wicked man shall die in his iniquity but his blood will i require at thy hand so god is saying if he has given you his word that go and warn people hilda are you with me go and warn people go and tell them that if they don't repent if they don't repent the wrath of god is be upon them they will die in their sins and if that happens he says when they die in their iniquity the blood will be required at thine hand the person's blood will be required at thine hand amen, amen. but then verse 9 it says nevertheless say nevertheless, nevertheless. if thou warn the wicked of his way to turn from it if he do not turn from his way he shall die in his iniquity but thou has delivered thyself thou had delivered thy soul are you with me so you see the word of god salvation it must be preached as a witness you must preach it as a witness you must share it as a witness it means that there are some people who refuse you but you are delivered you have delivered your soul so though you are born again your soul your salvation still depends on you sharing the word of god with someone else amen so you can say you are saved you are born again and so forget about everyone else are you with me forget about everyone else it says you go and warn the wicked of his way to turn from it and if he do not turn from his way he shall die in his iniquity but thou hast delivered thy soul you have delivered your soul hallelujah amen you have delivered your soul so beloved the reason why jesus christ came is to seek and to save that which is lost and if you want him to promote you if you want him to be with you if you need anything from him then be in this mission be in this vision be in this walk in this vision walk in this mission the reason why he came amen you see the reason why the company hired you the reason why the company is willing to give you insurance it's not because they like you it's not because you have a need for insurance 
Don't you have a need for insurance? Everyone knows that you need insurance, but the company is willing to give you insurance because they want you to perform certain tasks. They are willing to even give you money to go and stay at the beach. They said, this time period don't work. Just go and relax at the beach. We will pay you. It's not because they have a lot of money to waste. But as long as you will fulfill the mission, the vision for which they call you. That is why one of the most important things for companies to do to you when they hire you, when they give you an appointment letter, the first couple of days, one of the things that they're going to teach you is their mission and their vision. They will teach you their mission and their vision. Do I have some HR people around here? Yes. They will teach you their vision and their mission so that you don't now focus on the benefits that they are going to give you. You don't focus. That should not be the main reason why you are coming. But the reason why they are calling you is the first thing that they will bring to your attention. And then they will tell you about it. So, beloved, there are so many benefits that Christ will offer you. Yes. He will offer you healing. He will offer you wealth. Amen. He will offer you promotion. He will cause you to sit at the high places of the earth. Hallelujah. But the main reason why he came is to seek and to save that which is lost. Put your hands together for the Lord. Our time is up. Now you are here this afternoon. You are not born again. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. If that is your prayer, wherever you are, just lift up your right hand with all eyes closed and every head bowed. Lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to receive Jesus as my Savior. I want to welcome Jesus Christ into my life. If that is your prayer, lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Anyone here like that? You want to give your life to Jesus? Anyone here like that? Father, we are thankful. We are grateful. We thank you, Lord, for the gift of salvation. We thank you, Lord. What a God you are. That you will leave the 99 which need no repentance. And you will go to seek and to save the lost soul. Lord, let it be our hearts. Let it be our minds. Let it be our desire. We thank you, Lord, for the gift of salvation. We give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. We believe you've been blessed by this timely and powerful message. We invite you to join us on Sunday afternoons for our Duel of Heaven service and Tuesday evenings for our Word Power service. For more messages by Reverend Brighton Kuma, please subscribe to the QFC Bronx North Podcast or contact us at 929-247-0738. Stay blessed.